welcome to this episode of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith, and uh, we are still doing home edition here because of the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. But I am joined here today by Corey Brown. How are you, Corey? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good, good. And we're going to talk today here about the animation and game developer program at Mount West. Corey is now in charge of the animation and game developer program, and if you've listened to some of his other particular podcasts, you will see that he has quite the pedigree when it comes to designing and programming in technologies such as uh, Unity and Unreal. So I'm going to let Corey tell you all about the changes he's made to the program and about what you can expect if you're wanting to, to be a, a developer out there of some sort and you come to Mount West about the technologies you're going to learn about. Absolutely. So, uh, at Mount West, I usually try to get the tools out of the way, and uh, we immediately start off in the Unreal Engine and programming and blueprints, and uh, a little bit of the pre-production. We have uh, we have the students make breakdowns. We try to get them to pick a, a game small in scope that they want to make, and then as they're working on it, as I show them how to use the tools, they're kind of using those skills to build their own game. Uh, they'll draw design documents and try to think of like, you know, technically what are some of the hurdles that they're going to come across? Uh, they have the option to either work individually or within groups of three. Uh, then we have a class-wide project that all of the students in the program work on at the same time. Uh, that way you can kind of get experience working in bigger teams as well as more manageable teams. Since I know that a lot of people having either never made a game before or even worked on a team making game before that there are a lot of hurdles uh, to overcome. Uh, we also have classes on entrepreneurship. Uh, so we go through the process of, you know, registering a business, creating a business plan, uh, creating budgets, uh, whether that be like financial or time constraints. Um, and then even going through uh, like project management and breaking up the tasks and, you know, being able to find out what people's uh, strong points are. Uh, we also have uh, 3D art emphasis classes. So there's uh, classes where we use Blender and Maya Cinema, for, Cinema 4D. And uh, we basically, at some point in you being at Mount West, uh, after we cover most of the tools, you'll kind of see what you have uh, an interest in. Once you decide what you want to focus on, we'll break it down into uh, assignments for that particular uh, skill set. So whether it be you want to be a technical artist and you want to make visual effects, you want to do sound design, uh, if you have more of an interest in you know programming AI or even programming uh, mobile games uh, and just trying to learn the different constraints of the hardware that you're on. Uh, the school also has multiple VR headsets. So you know we get to talk a little bit about uh, deferred rendering versus forward rendering and uh, a lot of the a lot of the constraints that are part of that platform. Once we go through, find out what you want to do, because if you have an interest in it, then you're probably going to do a lot better in it. Um, we try to, we try to think from a hiring standpoint, what companies want to see. And even though, you know, some companies do want someone to do it all, uh, those companies are also probably just trying to pay one person to do five people's jobs. So, what we try to do is break it down to make you specialize in a field and build on that portfolio. So we had one uh, student, Austin Clevelander, who after I, I just introduced Blender to him, 
And he just like took it and ran with it. And he kept coming back to class each day with new models and showing me. And I would go over and, you know, you know, you have an inverted face here or uh, this normal needs flipped. Um, you know, the seam on the UV is, you know, it's going to, you're going to get some stretching. Uh, so we kind of, we kind of run the gambit of whatever you specifically want to do. We try to cover as much in that area that we can, but there is some flexibility. I'm curious based on that. So <clears throat> you mentioned in one of the classes, the entire class works on a giant project and that's, that's all together or everyone's doing the exact same project. If that makes sense. Yeah. All So it's, it's one project that everyone's working on. So okay that is where you'll really let uh, your specialty come through where if you, if you want to specialize in programming, then you might, you might pick up a lot of the programming tasks for that project. And then it's usually a, it's usually a project that's rolled over from another semester. So the uh, two of the projects that we have uh, in that, and they might be the only two projects for the next couple semesters. Uh, one is a, a coal mine war museum. Uh, where the player basically just walks through and, you know, interacts with different items and learns about uh, a little bit about the, the mining wars that took place in West Virginia in the 1920s. Um, the other project that we have is a, a VR recreation of the classroom. And I had a couple students that were really interested in, you know, remote sessions and even uh, multi-user editing inside of Unreal Engine. And uh, uh -huh. so they kind of took up with that. We had Austin work on some of the 3D art assets and, it's just kind of uh, a larger project. That way you can get used to working on a larger team as as opposed to maybe you're working on individual portfolio pieces. You also get the experience. You need to play with a little bit to figure out whether you like sound design or whether you really like to be the hardcore programmer or whether you want to go ahead and do the UI. So I didn't know it when during the actual process they get to then let their specialty flex. Uh, it's usually at the very beginning. So, uh, during one of our internship courses, it's a, it's, it's one of the few courses that the class will have freshmen and, uh, you know, students in their, uh, fourth semester. Mm -hmm. So those students are in the classroom together and we kind of use that as an opportunity of like, if someone's coming in as a freshman and they're really interested in 3d art, there's ch chances are there's probably already a student in there interested in having much more experience than them in 3d art. And they can kind of, uh, help mentor and work with each other and get them up to speed a little bit faster. And uh, so they usually start on that same project in tandem with their other class assignments. And so that really works out too, from, from a student standpoint, if you're coming into Mount West and, and you're like, I, I just, I don't know, you're going to be in a classroom with people who are in their second, third and fourth semester. And so you can you can ask them questions. You can spitball with them and be like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they've been in your shoes, maybe as recently as just last semester. And so you don't have to be in, intimidated in that case. They're not they're not talking to this the the pro. And also sometimes I do find students get intimidated by by us, Corey, as professors, even though we're like, you know, we'll tell you anything you want. Yeah. Lots of times they like to talk to people closer to the same age. And so if you are intimidated, you will have people, a support system there that you can talk to. They can, they can let you in uh, on the different types of aspects of, of game design and you can figure out where you want to fit in uh, in that world. Right. 
Exactly. And even uh, some of the 3D artists, like they, we, Austin really is really good at hard surface modeling. And uh, we had a, a freshman come in, uh, Jacob Johnson, who is a really talented character artist. So they can kind of work with each other and like maybe maybe his character, he needed some type of uh, like armor or, you know, maybe he's working on a robot that really needs, you know, some kind of circuit board on him. So wanted wanted model the character, wanted model the the circuit and they would, you know, put their put their meshes together. And it helps out a lot, too, uh, with the socialization aspect of it. Maybe I have a lot of students who, you know, they might be a little bit timid when they come into the program but then learn very quickly that it is a work environment that, you know, we need to talk to each other. We need to communicate and it helps build those communication skills even further. And it kind of breaks the ice too, where the, the other students might talk more candidly with another student than me. So if they say like, you know, this is really hard. I don't know what I'm doing. They might not want to tell me that, but they would, they'll ask another student for help. And uh, sure. I really encourage that. Well, and you know, the other thing too is, Anytime you're going to be submitting your portfolio to somebody and trying to get a job, one of the first questions they're going to ask is, how many projects have you worked on a team in? Because no one person makes a AAA game, or most projects are not made by one person. So the fact that you're going to have them working in teams and different timelines, it's going to be excellent experience for everything that's going to be coming at them later on in this field. Because, yeah, you're never typically going to make a project as a one person, one man band. Yeah. Even the, some of the tools that we use like version control, uh, it's really important to communicate because if you push changes to a file while someone else, maybe they didn't, uh, maybe they didn't lock it before they go to work on it. So if, if two people are working on the same thing, then it can cause a lot of merge conflicts. So it, it really helps in a lot of different aspects in the project itself, you get farther, faster, and then, even uh, socially as, as an artist, you get to grow your ideas with other people with similar interests. So you hit up on some of them earlier there, but I just, I just want to go back through and, and mention some of the technologies you're talking about students using. Um, currently right now you have them using Unreal 4. I'm sure soon once Unreal 5 is out, you're going to, you're going to move up to that. So, but Unreal 4 is the basis that they do the majority of their programming in, correct? Oh Yeah. Uh, well, we use uh, like Visual Studio um, as an IDE for a lot of the programming classes, uh, where we actually where we're actually dealing with the syntax of the different languages. Uh, mm -hmm. Visual Studio Code is a real quick, lightweight editor. Um, we use Blender for a lot of the three D modeling and animation. Uh, we also go over uh, some of the students choose to use Unity, so I'll go over uh, how to use Unity's toolset and you know how to do different things, little tricks inside of the engine. Uh, Cinema 4D for a lot of uh, like rendering and uh, visual effects. And then as a student, you get three years free for uh, of the Autodesk suite. So uh, like my tools like Maya, 3ds Max, um, Mudbox. Uh, we use a lot of the Adobe Creative Suite. Uh, so, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, Audition, uh, Fuse. Uh, there's, you know, we try to teach it in a way that, you know, no matter what the tool is, you can pick it up and learn your way around it pretty quickly. Um, and in some cases, a lot of the students, you know, everyone has a phone nowadays. Everyone is used to using their phone. They know that if you long press on a file, it'll open up options and it'll, you know, uh, but you'd be surprised how many students come into the program not having any computer experience. So we work a lot on Windows operating system inside of the classroom. So uh, 
things like if I select a file and then shift select files under it, it'll select all the it'll select all the files in between. Uh, control clicking to do all that. Like there are a lot of there's a lot of things that we cover uh, depending on and the classroom sizes we usually try to keep around 10 uh mm -hmm. like a minimum of eight and then sometimes up in the programming classes we have about 20 in a class uh, or some of the introductory level like unreal engine classes sometimes there's there's 20 people but for the most part if the class gets to be that large we'll have another student who kind of works as like uh an aide so we'll bring one of those uh upperclassmen in to kind of bounce around to the different workstations and help students if they get stuck or if they miss a step. Well, you talked about, you know, you doing some like independent study courses when you were at Marshall and in, in one of the previous uh, podcasts. But when a student gets to that level, you're talking about having uh, a great one-on-one -on -one interaction with your professor because by that point, you're typically lock looking at like eight to 10 people in the class. So you've got a, a really good one-on-one -on -one conduit there to talk to your professor. You don't become a number of like, 75 people in the classroom so oh, yeah. and, and and plus you you are small enough as a class that everyone gets to know everybody else and knows their strength and and worst case if you're busy helping somebody you can often just turn to the right and ask your neighbor hey um do you know how to do this in here and they'll gladly help you it becomes a nice community yeah exactly uh that's something that too that mount west being a community college is really good for um everyone they're usually you know they're usually living in the same community. I know we serve a, uh, a wide geographical area of being in the tri-state, but you know, a lot of our students have uh, clubs on campus. So there's a tabletop club where the, they'll get together and they'll, they'll, I don't know what the kids are playing these days. The D and D club gets a lot of traction. Uh, a lot of people play in D and D. Um, there's a game club where people uh, just show up and play games. They might share Pokemon. It might, it might be as simple as that, but, uh, we also have events like uh, the West Virginia Game Developers Expo and the Unreal Engine uh, user group where a lot of these people, you know, hang out outside of class too. So it's not, it's a very open classroom environment where uh, sometimes even while I'm, maybe a student will ask me a question and I'll go up to my workstation. Uh, this was when we were having in-person classes. Uh, I'll go up to the workstation. I'll show how to, I'll show how to do something. And while I'm doing that, maybe these other students are, you know, catching up to where we were or asking for help or asking to go do something else. And yeah, it's a uh, really open. Yeah. It's not what you would think of as a stuffy traditional lecture class. It's more of a hands-on lab where the students are working through and, and trying to troubleshoot their problems. And, and you're, you're more than happy to go up and show them an aspect of it, that type of thing. It's not a, we're going to do a to B to C to D. If you miss one of those steps, sorry, you know, right. you're behind. Yeah, we uh, and at one point I'd kind of tried to do that because I thought maybe the classes were too easy. Uh, it turns out I was wrong. Um, <laughs> not that they're hard, but uh, there is definitely a need for that kind of uh, communal relationship inside of the classroom. And that's very, very conducive to learning. Uh, even now when we're in the Discord uh, meeting online due to COVID-19, um, a lot of the students are in there talking about like, you know, what... Uh, uh, what'd you get stuck on? Oh, I got stuck on the same thing. Um, you know, was this part hard for you? If the, you know, if that, that part's hard for you, maybe I can help, help you work through it. Uh, especially in computers, there's like a, I actually forget what they call it. There's a, there's a term for it, but, uh, when two people are like sitting at one computer and 
I always ask someone like, Hey, can I drive? And it's like, they'll hand me the keyboard and then I'll, maybe I'll type for a second. I'll, I'll write a couple lines out and I'll show them like, this is what it's doing. And then I'll give them back the keyboard. Uh, so there's a lot of room for collaboration. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you brought up the fact that currently we're in the middle of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we are not currently having traditional classes and you brought up a lot of the technologies earlier. And, um, for the most part, I mean, you mentioned uh, Visual Basic Code, you mentioned Unity, you mentioned Unreal Engine, uh, you mentioned Blender, all of which are are free or um, fair use licenses for those, right? So when it comes down to a student having to think about an undue hardship on how much they got to pay for all this technology to use at their house, most of our tools, if not all of them, are freely provided to the students, correct? Yeah. Uh, so Blender is open source, uh, totally free to download. Unreal Engine is uh, also open source and totally free to download. You don't even need to pay Epic anything until you make a million dollars now retroactively uh, since January 1st. I don't know if you saw that. but I did uh, see that, which I found it interesting. You don't have to pay them anything to a million dollars, but currently on Steam, uh, if you've made more than $5 million, then you don't have to pay them, which seems you yeah, know, really backwards. Really- yeah, it really lets you well it lets you know uh, the two companies' positions on the on the industry. Sure, uh, um, but yeah, so unlike Unity, the free there's a personal version of that to download. Uh, I believe the I'd mentioned before the student license for like Maya um, and for the Autodesk stuff, right? Um, if they're in like even if the tools that we use in class aren't free, like some of the tools are just very professional tools that. You know, it makes my job easier if I can teach you Photoshop because I know Photoshop, but I will offer up alternatives like GIMP, uh, which is a image manipulation program that you can totally, you know, download. I wasn't sure about Cinema 4D. I was, that was not in my wheelhouse to know. Yeah, there is a, I believe there is a student license and and it is a limited time. And I believe you have to get a light, like you have to go through, uh, you have to talk to somebody and get a student license. It's not something that you can just sign up for that I know of. Right. Um, but even then, uh, I mean, Blender is a great tool. And if you if you learn that, you can pretty much do anything that you can in Cinema 4D in Blender. Um, but yeah, there's like Inkscape is a good alternative for Illustrator. GIMP is a good alternative for Photoshop. Uh, and then Unreal Engine and Blender. And then uh, even for sound, there is... Uh, audacity so there's just a plethora of tools there was one they mentioned the other day when i was when you unreal engine 5 was just been talked about being announced and um uh there was a a program that i hadn't heard of for years and i was like holy crap it's still out and um maybe it's called painter 3d i mean i used to have it when when you paint with it like oil painting um but um I don't know if it's if it's uh, open source now or whatever, but does that sound familiar to you? Painter three D. There is. I know that uh, recently Windows added, and maybe it's uh, a revamp of that program, but it's Paint three D, mm-hmm. and you can go in there and uh, directly paint on three D models and things like that. Uh, okay. So that might be something, and then also like Paint.net is another but tool. Ultimately, what we're trying to get at is if you're a student who's thinking about taking classes. And we still have to do them in this remote style. 
you are not going to have, you know, thousands of dollars worth of software that you have to purchase because we are still in a pandemic. Most of this software is going to have, it's either itself going to be uh, free or have an academic license that makes it free, or there are open source alternatives. So if you're trying to, to think about that and think, how much, how much software am I going to have to buy at my house? The answer to that is hardly any. You're going to need a computer. Uh, but, but other than that, you're going to be able to use a lot of these uh, great tools that will teach you all the things you need to know about uh, industry standard games such as Unreal Engine. And you're going to be able to do it as a student for free. Absolutely. Any other uh, advice or comments you might want to say to somebody who's thinking about uh, getting into to game development or, or thinking about enrolling at Mount West in your program? Uh, start now. Don't wait. Email me or, uh, you know, find me on Twitter. It's, uh, at Corey BR and I will gladly answer any questions you have. So you're at Corey BR on Twitter. And if they want to email your MCTC, I think you're, are you Brown 129? Yep. Brown 129 at mctc.edu. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking about getting into programming, if you're thinking about attending email Corey today, Get a hold of him on Twitter. He, he often shows a lot of his projects he's working on on Twitter as well. So you can get excited by seeing the exact style of gaming you can do based on the fact that your instructor is, is putting out all this output. You too would be able to learn how to put out that same type of output. Like it is totally attainable. And, you know, the, uh, the journey of a thousand miles is going to have to start with that first step. So contact Corey. Hit him up on Twitter. Hit him up via email. Uh, he'll answer any of the questions you have about the program. Uh, and, and also, lastly, I would just say out there too, Corey, if people if people are wanting to learn more about programming and maybe they're not wanting to hit it as directly, will you talk a bit about um, the Unreal Huntington user group you all have so that maybe they could come and, and, and see what's happening and see if they really want to commit to this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually have a link to that on my website. So Corey.games, if you go to that, uh, there is a page under the community tab for the Unreal Engine user group and you can join our Discord. Uh, we have we usually have meetings uh, every month, uh, sometimes, you know, depending on what's going on in everyone's lives, we'll have it uh, every other month or sometimes even weekly. Uh, but the Discord is an online space where you can pretty much just ask any questions. You show your work. Uh, you can ask other people if they're looking to hire. Yeah, it's just a really healthy community full of people that are uh, going through the same journey you are. And uh, everyone is on that journey together. We might be in different parts of that journey, but um, usually everyone's pretty helpful. Fantastic. Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about uh, the program we have at Mount West and also talk about uh, resources and, um, and in this case, like the user group that's out there for people who are interested in getting into game development and want to know the next steps. So thank you so much, sir. Awesome. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith. Have a week. Mm-hmm.